new CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. All right. Emergency edition of the Coast to Coast podcast. If you want to try me for recruiting news, I got you. Hey, America, Hubert Davis is getting some recruiting payback and showing everyone he's the boss in this man's world. It's a new day as the UNC coaches come unchained, put on his recruiting hot pants, and has his funk on a roll. There was a time last week when the Cadeau commitment was super bad, but I got the feeling y'all are going to like this. Please, 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 let's get Sherelle McMillan and Sean Moran in before it's too funky in here because James Brown has committed to the Tar Heels. All right, emergency edition of the Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by Johnny T-Shirt. Cheryl McMillan, Sean Moran are here. Boys, uh, we do these when there's there's big things happening around the program. We just did one last week uh, where Christmas came late for Hubert Davis. Well, we've got another one to talk about. 6'9", 210-pound, listed as a five or a center, James Brown from St. Rita in Chicago, Illinois. He's a four-star kid. He's the number 27-rated player overall. Uh, in the 27 sports rankings currently. Uh, and as this is the sixth best center, uh, picked UNC over offers from Illinois, Michigan State, Notre Dame, and some others. Sherelle, how did this go down? I'm still recovering from your, your intro. That was, uh, that was impressive. I'm kind of caught off guard. I'm lost for words because it was so good. <laughs> well, I had to get, look, man, I had to get them all out there. It was either going to be a slow drip for the next for the next right. six months or just go ahead and just, just get it all out of my system. Right. I, I like that. I like that better. Um, so, yeah, UNC started recruiting James really, I, I would say, in, in June. Um, he had some really big performances at, at Pangos um, out west. Uh, he played really well on a couple of EYBL stops. He's with Bean Streets this year. Um, they're 16 and under team. And uh, before that, he was with Mecker and Fire. So the the two named Chicago teams, he's played for both of them. And as June progressed, uh, you know, he played well. He played really well. At MBPA top 100 camp down in Orlando. We were down there. We watched him. And he was just really solid, really steady. And that's when Hero Davis, I believe, really put his first eyes on him. And he got an offer. Uh, it might have been while we were there or the next night. Uh, from there, you know, of course, they watched him in Kansas City. They watched him at the Peach Jam. And kind of as time went on, you realize that he was the only kind of four or five type big that they were recruiting in the class. And it showed just how much of a priority it was for them. So from there, he took official visits. He took five um, in the fall. He went to uh, Missouri, Michigan State, UNC, Notre Dame, and Illinois. So UNC, the only kind of done Midwest school um, in there. And uh, he visited UNC in uh, mid-October. So he, he had Notre Dame and Illinois after UNC. Uh, and once he came back from Illinois, he said he was going to kind of revisit everything, kind of uh, talk about stuff with his family, Um they are a very detail-oriented family, so they, they are a lot of details to sort through. And here we are just as the new year came in, and they decided to commit to UNC. And a, a big reason for it, you can kind of read it 
uh, on the site in his own words. Uh, similar to Trick Pal, he, he did something with us where he kind of explained why he chose UNC. But um, what he kept coming back to was that UNC was bigger than basketball. Uh, and I think we can get into it, but um, just the way Hubert Davis uh, coaches his players and the way that UNC gets along with each other and the family concept, he really bought into that and really liked it. Sure, I'm going to go ahead and say you need to trademark that because that is a marketing slogan if I've ever heard one. <laughs> Bigger than basketball. I, I think that might stick around. It might be something we hear uh, in the future. Sean, tell us a little bit about what UNC is getting in a player like James Brown. There's plenty of film out there of him. You know, St. Reed is one of the bigger programs up in the Chicago area. Tell everybody what UNC is getting in this player. Yeah, um, a very, very talented big man. Uh, he was he was really the first big man in the class of 2024 that, that UNC offered. I mean, you know, you can go back to the the late spring, early summer, uh, where we had a lot of podcasts talking about who who else will they be be looking at. Uh, really, the class started off with with two offers, and then there was a, a lull until June. Um, James Brown got the offer end of June, but you have a you have a guy that kind of falls in that sweet spot that we talk about a lot of the time, where uh, he he's he doesn't at least as of now doesn't project as a one and done player, but he is ranked in that you know, 25 to, to 40 sweet spot where UNC has had long-term success uh, previously. And in, in terms of how he projects, I think he can be a, a multi-year starter at the college level, uh, obviously played at a high level, 16 and under on the Nike EYBL circuit uh, with Mean Streets, as Sherelle mentioned, and then St. Rita's in uh, in Chicago as well. Um, but you've got a guy, he can, he can run the floor, pretty well um pretty pretty lengthy he definitely needs to needs to add some some weight uh i think that's probably a you know familiar <laughs> saying when you're talking about unc recruits um as well as unc bigs but he, he's got uh offensively i'd say a little bit of an unorthodox game he can step out about 12 15 feet he's comfortable um shooting uh, right-handed jump shooter but pretty much anything in the paint for the most part is coming with his left hand. Um, so, uh, you know, has, has a good touch, um, active around the basket, aggressive rebounding the ball, uh, you know, and he, he, he can also likes to probably won't see it, uh, in Chapel Hill, but you'll probably see it in some of the highlights of him pushing the ball up the court, a uh, good passer for his size. And, and once again, kind of, uh, almost an old school big where he can, he can operate down low, but he can, he can stretch it. And I would imagine that will, uh, that range will just continue to uh, expand over the years. Um, but in terms of improvement areas throughout his junior season and and uh, into his senior season, just continuing to get stronger, uh, work on, you know, not the most explosive off of two feet, but just given his aggressiveness and his length, uh, you know, it does help him finish and, and attack the glass offensively. I love that we've been doing these so long. You know what my next questions are going to be. I was going to ask you, you know, what are some things that he could work on? Um, I think you're you're spot on, especially when you point out a lot of these these high school or, or prep bigs when they're coming into college, they need to put on weight. And, and we're talking about a kid that's 6'9", 210. When you see him, he's not as, you know, waifish thin as you've seen other players. But, yeah, I agree with you. He definitely has some room to to put things on. Uh, what do you think the, the first that, thing? That, sorry, that, that was actually um, when I got to see him in, in July – he was bigger than I bigger than I expected, and definitely mm -hmm. uh, a little more, uh, you know, kind of a narrow frame, but definitely um, I'd say more physically imposing than I expected, having just seen um, video coming in and thought he was going to be, you know, really really skinny, but he had definitely some definition to him. Um, so that was 
that was one thing that I was surprised about when seeing him in early July. I feel like there's going to be some parallels between he and Sean May. I mean, obviously Sean was a little, little bigger through the shoulders coming in than, than James Brown will be. But uh, do you think there's some potential there for, uh, for Sean May to work on him? Cause I feel like from what I've seen of James Brown, the kid's got some pretty strong hands. Yeah. I mean, I think it'll be tough to, to challenge the, the, the hands that Sean May uh, exhibited <laughs> when, when he was at school, but I think, you know, definitely, um, you know, some stuff to, to work with and, and really, you know, from the, from Hubert's recruiting and Sean May's recruiting, um, you know, first Jalen Washington from Gary, Indiana playing on mean streets and now James Brown. So, you know, different, different skill set than, uh, Washington, but yeah, definitely stuff to work with. And as I said, already, you know, ha has a very good base from the, from stepping outside once again, not really to the three point line, but 12, 15 feet. And, and uh, kind of the left-handed hook shot that he does have when he when he catches the ball down low. So that's already one go-to move that he's comfortable with. And you know if he can build out uh, one or two more, uh, you know that's kind of really all all you'll need. But the fact that he already has one, because uh, so often <laughs> more times than not you see kids coming in and they rely on their size or their athleticism, but they don't have really that that go-to that go-to move. Sherelle, when you first introduced James Brown to us, when North Carolina first started recruiting him, one of the things you mentioned was he feels like a North Carolina type of player. Uh, usually, that encompasses personality. You know, some of the things that he's, uh, some of the things that he's interested in, some of the things that he envisions for himself. Can you elaborate on that a little bit more? I mean, I, I think you're you're mentioning earlier about the the new marketing slogan that we're going to run with uh, about bigger than basketball is, is is some good insight. But can you elaborate a little bit more about? Uh, what you might have learned about the kid during his recruitment? Um, I wanted to, real quick before I answer that, I wanted to add what Sean was saying. Um, he has that left-handed hook because he can basically, basically use both hands um, you know, pretty evenly, pretty equally, I would say. Um, John Henson probably was the last Carolina player who was that comfortable, I think. But what John Henson and Nate Britt. John Henson being the last post player who was that comfortable with his left or his right hand as far as a jump hook. Um, as far as shooting and, and just utilizing both hands um, a ton. So I think that's something he's got going for him, especially down the post. It can help him be a little more crafty. Um, so just an addition there. Uh, as far as the cultural fit, yeah, I mean, it, it's clear from the first time you talk to him um, that the values in which Hubert Davis, uh, you know, ascribes to, to build the program, uh, Brown and his family share those. And I think in talking with them and, um, and, and learning about them, you kind of hear them echoing some of the some of Hubert Davis's favorite sayings without even realizing it. You know, being intentional. You know, a hunger and a thirst for things, um, passion. Um, you know, just the ability to serve. Uh, the, the Browns are big on that. Um, how much they love academics. All all those things. Um, I think played into one of the reasons that the Brown family was so attracted to UNC. And the coaching staff. I mean, I can't tell you how many times in talking to, you know, him and his folks that they would bring up, oh, man, all four coaches, you know, played at UNC for either Coach Smith or, or, or Coach Williams or Coach Guthridge. And they were just in awe that they couldn't believe that people would love a place that much that mm -hmm. not only would they go to school there, but want to come back and work there. Uh, so when you start adding all that up, um, I think you get to a point where maybe there might be more talent talented players who aren't a cultural fit, but UNC will take the player who might be lower rated, but more of a cultural fit. Um, and I think you see that with, with Brown, not saying that he can't play or anything, but um, mm -hmm. 
it's not often that you get someone who can play and is kind of a perfect match for um, all the things that your program is built on. I mean, going as far back as, as anybody listening or watching this podcast can remember, there's always been a certain element of fit that, you know, that comes with, with the best or most successful players at the UNC program. All right, Cheryl, we mentioned on the Coast to Coast regular edition uh, just a short time ago that we were going to start hopefully seeing what this class is going to look like, right? Well, now you have commitments from Drake Powell, you have commitments from uh, Elliot Cadeau, and with James Brown, you've got three really skilled, um, really different skill sets, uh, really different types of players coming in with the 24 class. Um, Sherelle, what do you think happens next? I mean, we're still looking at some guys with some offers out there. You like to call them uh, committable offers or real offers. I can't remember what your actual term is, but you have a word for it. Maybe the list within the list is, is a good one. But uh, who do you think uh, you know, are, are the last two that kind of the, the focus is going to zoom in on a little bit? Yeah, perhaps that coast to coast was a little wink to uh, our <laughs> subscribers. Um, yeah, I would say the active offers is the word we we try to use. Um, of those, I think Jaron Stevenson is still kind of the the fit, the the perfect mm -hmm. guy next. If you start looking at the roster, um, and again, it, it's hard to look even at next year versus two years down the road. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, Zayden High is going to be able to play some some four or five, I think, for UNC. Um, probably more of a, a of a true four. Um, but there's really no one else on the roster who I would consider a true four who can also kind of step out of the perimeter and, and switch screens and you would feel comfortable, um, you know, having on a guard for a, a few seconds in, in a defensive possession. Um, so I think that's why Stevenson uh, is someone that they'll continue to recruit. Um, it seems like they have a lot of numbers there, but you start parsing it out. And, you know, Jalen Washington is more of a stretch five, I think. Um, so he'll be there. I think Brown again is kind of a, a more of a five four really than a four five. So he'll be there. And then you have High as kind of that true four. And then you look to you know finish out your your front court rotation with another four, and that would be Stevenson. So you have a pretty balanced depth chart in that scenario. Uh, so I think he he fits perfectly, and and that's that's kind of the top target remaining. Now there are others who have active authors who are still going to come on visits, but. Um, I'd be surprised if anyone other than Stevenson uh, rounds out the class. All right, Sean. Well, last question is going to come to you in this emergency edition of the Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by Johnny T-Shirt. Uh, Sean, what is missing with this class? Sherelle just talked about Stevenson. I want you to look at this purely from a skill standpoint. What is missing to round out this class uh, of assuming it's going to be four players, You know, like Sherelle just said? What are the the specific skills they need to go after? Well, first, pretty impressive that they've got three three commits, uh, you know, even before <laughs> really as, as we start 2023 and well before mm -hmm. AU season begins, um, you know, tough to kind of predict how, you know, especially Hebert's first class, how they're going to be looking in a, in a year or two. But I think it goes back to what we were touching on for the, the coast to coast. And, um, you know, there's a lot of guards that can handle the ball. There's a lot of a lot of versatile bigs. Drake Powell is going to be that that wing player, um, kind of still on the upward trajectory. But you know, would love to see a guy in the mold of a, a Wayne Wayne Ellington kind of comes to mind. But somebody that can that can really just score the score the basketball, um, and and that maybe he is that one and done type player, or uh, you know, somebody that Ian Jackson, for instance. Um, I know a long shot, but somebody that that um, you know 
the two three uh position that that has a knack for knack for scoring um as well you know and and another versatile defender so that would be um you know what i would love to see but i i do agree with sherelle in terms of who they're looking at and and the ideal fit could be that that four three uh but in terms of the team in general i think you know a, a six four six five two guard uh to go along with drake and and some of the other uh you know tyler nickel and puff whoever else is on the floor i, I think that's one thing that they could still um look at all right boys well hopefully that'll that'll put a bow on this edition emergency edition of the coast to coast podcast anything else you guys want to add about james brown committing to hubert davis and the staff um just one quick thing you know defensively uh was impressed with how he was able to, to switch on uh you know switch screens or recover and, and pick and roll was a good shot blocker in space i know so much of the time we always focus on offensive skill set mm-hmm. just because it's easier to uh kind of just describe and and talk about but defensively uh you know that it'll be interesting to see how he can pair with washington and some of the other bigs and then just going back offensively uh i was just going back through some of my kansas city notes and all the games i saw him running the floor really really stuck out so you know you could you between cadeau and <laughs> cadeau and him maybe it's a little uh marshall zeller pairing in terms of uh running the court and and uh getting the ball down pretty quick yeah, awesome good addition to uh to our analysis today sure anything else you want to throw in yeah, i was just going to say uh like sean uh, you know kind of a shout out to assistant coach sean may um only been on the job for as an assistant coach on the bench for i think 18 months 19 months um, and, you know, basically pulled two kids from the Chicago area uh, that the last week I remember from the Chicago area for UNC was Bobby Frazier. And that was the class of 2005. Mm-hmm. So it's been quite some time um, before this, but he's gone in there and, and gotten two uh, really good, solid players. And I think to Sean's point, they, they are both in that sweet spot where they're <laughs> it's going to sound strange. They they're just not good enough or, or just not great enough, but really good enough to where they're like straddling that line between can they go pro after, you know, two years or do they need to stay in college for a couple of years? And that's kind of where UNC has done really well with guys who project to be kind of two or three year guys. Uh, so uh, I, I think it, it looks good for North Carolina in the future. You've got Drake Powell, who's an ascending player. You've got Cadeau is kind of the elite kind of, um, you know, star of the class. And then you have someone like James Brown, who's just very solid and will do, whatever needs to be, you know, be done and become whatever the team needs him to become, whether that's uh, 100% back to the basket five or, you know, kind of a hybrid four who who does something to have a perimeter, whatever they need him to do, he'll do. And um, that kind of versatility um, is, is key in that kind of buy-in too, which he already has with UNC. Um, that buy-in this early will, will be big for kind of the culture that I think Hubert Davis is trying to establish. Yeah, I mean, NBA potential doesn't mean it has to be like overnight NBA potential or NBA immediate potential. So um, I think the fans are going to enjoy watching James Brown, watching, you know, again, like I say on these podcasts, go out, get some, uh, see some video on YouTube of the kid and you'll understand uh, Sean, um, you know, Sean will have a, a nice breakdown coming very soon uh, about some of the video of his game. Shrill will have a really good write-up um, coming with this podcast, you know, a, a little bit about the story and some more information. So as always, we hope that you've appreciated this podcast. Uh, if there's more information you're looking for, you know, Inside Carolina will cover it for you. But for now, let's get up off of that thing. I am Joey Powell, Sherelle McMillan, Sean Moran, Emergency Edition of the Coast to Coast Podcast.
James Brown committing to Hubert Davis and the Tar Heels. Their third commitment to the 2024 class. Shout out to John Siegley for producing and to Johnny T-Shirt for sponsoring. Until next time, we'll catch you guys down the road.